Deliberate Leaders. I am your host, Allison Dunn, executive coach and founder of the Deliberate Leaders podcast dedicated to helping leaders build strong, thriving businesses. I'm super excited to have our guest today. We have with us Brian Adams. He is the CEO and founder of PH Creative, which is recognized as one of the leading employer brand agencies in the world. And he works with clients such as Apple and American Airlines. He is a best-selling author of Give and Get, Employer Branding, Repel the Many and Compel the Few with Impact, Purpose, and Belonging. He's also a fellow podcaster, a creative strategist, and a specialist speaker. Brian, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be talking to you. Fantastic. I kick these off with a quick, deliberate conversation Because I want to know, and we want to know, what your number one leadership tip is for our listeners. Oh, what a great question. I think um, what I've learned over the years is to to develop as a leader is um, to have a a servant mindset. And um, I always set out to employ people who are much smarter and much better at their role than me. Um, and so I always meet with all of my direct reports and ask them, how can I knock down walls? How can I remove obstacles and barriers and make you run faster this week? Um, and that's, that's typically, that, that sums up my leadership style. You know, I, let, I like to get out of people's way and let them do what they do. They go clearing obstacles and making sure that they have the support they need to get done what they get, what they're magical at doing. That's fantastic. I love that tip. We are about to um, embark on a conversation that is boardroom conversations, it's coaching conversations, it's um, one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest challenges, but definitely up there in the top five of what businesses are facing, which is how to actually find qualified employees um, track the right type. So I know that you, um, you're a leading employer brand agency. And um, you have um, tons of experience working with a kind of a diverse client base. Mm-hmm. What is the number one mistake that organizations are making when pitching themselves to potential employees? So good question. I think um, it seems obvious and simple when, when we talk about it, but I see time and time again, organizations think that they just need to be the most generally attractive to, to the whole entire talent audience. So they set out to be the most attractive they can be. Um, and they talk about the sunshine and rainbows version of the employee experience. And they neglect to, to, to discuss and even lead with some of the challenges um, and adversities that they, the people will face inside an employee experience that actually bring value to the achievements um, and um, the, the progress somebody can make with their, their career. Because the number one question people want answering is, have I got what it takes to thrive? You know? So in order to answer that, you need, you need to be very um, specific with the 360 of the employee experience, not just why it's so fantastic to, to work uh, at your organization, and of course, Everybody wants to put their best foot forward and present themselves in the best light. But if we think about it with empathy and compassion for employees, 
um, what they go through from an acknowledgement and appreciation perspective. We can't just say it's magical, it's fantastic, and talk about strengths, benefits, and opportunities. It's a two-way street. And then when we're trying to attract talent as well, you know, that's the question they're looking to answer. So what do I have, what it takes to thrive? And then once they know that, you can then talk about, well, is, is the give worth the get? You know, is it, is, it, is it worth putting in what you're suggesting to get out what I'm, I'm looking for? So typically, that's what I would say. Um, uh, fantastic. If so, in, you know, if you were to go out, I don't, I don't know how often you peruse the want ads. I only do it because I do recruiting for clients. So in doing that, they, all these jobs sound the same. So I'm absolutely with you about, it can't be all rainbows and sunshine, right? <laughs> sure. Um, in the book, you cover some ways to, um, really present unconventional, um, ways that will bring the right candidate to you and um, repel the wrong candidate. So tell us how you do that or how you'd suggest someone do that and the reasoning behind it. Yeah, so um, the basic premise is when you present a challenge or an obstacle um, or anything of worth, it takes effort, right? You know, nothing worthwhile is easy. Now, when, when you position something in the, in the marketplace, some people will look at that challenge and think that mountain is too, too challenging to climb. You know, that's, I, I haven't got what it takes or I, I just don't, it's not worth the effort. Some will look at it and go, that's not challenging enough. Some will look at it and say, wow, I'm really up for this and they will lean in. Now, the point to that is with one message or one story or one claim or one reputation that you're forging you're polarizing the audience you know so if it's if it's too calibrated towards the sunshine truth all positive everybody will be attracted um and actually that's the last thing talent attraction leaders want you know more uh, of their funnels clogged up by unqualified candidates so what you're looking for is a way to position your proposition that will, will actually repel more people than it compels. Um, and, and you do that by putting people to a decision with the information they need to make a smart um, assessment of, is this somewhere that I can see myself for the next few years or not? Okay, can you give me an example? Yeah, sure. So um, we, we worked with, well, you mentioned Apple. That's a really good example when we did the research for the employer brand at Apple, uh, we discovered that by and large, there's not very um, great work-life balance. You know, you've got to put in long hours. You've got to, um, you know, it's a commitment in, in blood, sweat and tears. It's a very special place, um, but the work-life balance uh, isn't, isn't fantastic. And when we presented that research back, we said, oh, what are we going to do about that, you know? Like when people find out that that's what people think and that's what it's like, people might leave. You know, and we were surprised by that because we said, well, no, they won't leave because they already know. And they're the ones that told us, you know, the employee base, they already know. Now, a conventional, traditional approach to employer brand of times gone by might be to sweep that under the carpet and just talk about the fantastic magic of contributing to something so significant in the world. But actually, if you think about it, by saying, look, 
you might have to come here and you might have to commit and work harder than you've ever worked before, longer than you're perhaps used to. But that's what it takes to thrive and further your career at Apple. But if you do do that, you'll quickly become the best version of yourself. You'll find out exactly what you are capable of. You'll be surrounded by some of the smartest people in the world and you'll see your work in, in the hands of millions of people every day. Now, some people will be inspired by that and some people will run for the hills. And quite rightly, they're doing it based on the, the reality of what it takes to thrive at Apple. And they only want people who are willing to look at that challenge and say, I am comfortable committing my life 24 hours a day pretty much for the next few years because what I get out is worth it. Um, it's, a, it's much better than finding that out on um, day two of your induction and, and being really worried about, oh, you know, what about my yoga at four o'clock or I've got to pick the kids up at, you know, at lunch times or, or whatever, you know. So it, it's, that's a, probably a, the, the most colorful and simple ex, um, example I, I can give and hope, hopefully people will relate to that. I hope so too, because you say that and I go, I want to work there. So I'm trying <laughs> to think that maybe wouldn't be weeding me out and that's okay. I get that. Um, so in, in the whole like concept and theory of weeding people out in such a difficult um, job market that we're in, where I sometimes feel, I hear people saying, I just want someone who has a pulse and can breathe. And <laughs> that is for our organizations overall. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be your guidance to ensure that um, someone who is willing to work hard, but also does want to be at yoga at four, like a great candidate, but that you don't out by being over, um, m- making it seem too unattractive? Yeah, so I think this is where it comes down to the, the hard yards of the research and understanding um, the full parameters of the employee experience because if there's if it's a high performance culture that expects relentless results and you know the best version of yourself constantly however it's a flexible agile organization that is empathetic to people juggling dogs cats kids and everything else then that's a very different working environment to somebody who demands that you're at your desk and you're in an office uh, nine till five. And that's just how it's always been. And it's how it always will be. So you need to understand the nuances of the employee experience. And then if you can't tell a very specific story or articulate the employee experience in a unique way that differentiates you from the marketplace, then you're going to struggle. It needs, you know, and the number of times we work with health organizations or uh, life science companies and um, pharmaceutical organizations, and they all are very purpose-led, but they're all very vanilla and they all say the same thing, you know. Um, and we've never, never been inside an organization, small and large, where we haven't been able to find a unique factor that makes their point of difference um, and usually that is a unique input as well as a unique output in terms of sacrifice or commitment that you have to um, be able to give. And that might be a mindset thing. That might be a, an integrity thing or a, you know, a sort of cultural thing, as well as um, the benefits of, um, of why people are there. And we also notice the reason for people joining 
is usually the difference for the reason for people staying. And that's a really lovely thing to find out there because that's a, that tends to point you in the direction of what makes you different, what, what makes people feel valued and, and why they value uh, their environment that they're in. Um, you know, so the research phase is incredibly important, uh, but if you get it right, you can then have the confidence to say something that is different, to say something that helps you stand out and that builds affinity with people who are going to join your organization, flourish and add to your culture. You know, and if you need more people to apply for the roles, that's actually a recruitment marketing challenge where you need to turn up the dials and, and turn up the amplification. It's not a justification for diluting the message in the first place, just so you get more um, people with a pulse, you know, because... Totally. You know, you, you might think that satisfies an immediate need, but it's you're setting yourself up for failure long term. And we all know this, you know. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we, yes, we do. Yeah. Um, one of the central tenets in your book, um, Given Get Employer Branding, um, you talk about creating a meaningful EVP employer value proposition, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so you discuss um, how companies should basically uh, base their EVP on the exchange of give and get. Yeah. Can you explain this for me? Yeah, absolutely. So the employee value proposition, um, you know, the the clue is in the last word proposition. It's not a one-way broadcast. It's a two-way value exchange. So what you have to give, so it's much more than just your expertise and your competency. You know, there is a whole set of, capabilities that you that will be expected uh, that people you know, require for you to put in what the job needs and then there's a whole um, aspect of what you get so it's more than just what you get paid people typically are looking for satisfaction from an impact purpose and belonging perspective so they want to know that the work is meaningful they want to know that the work they're doing makes a difference to the organization to their lives to the world and they want to feel like um, that they belong somewhere, they can bring their whole self to, to work. So building a proposition, you know, and it's as simple as, hey, if you can do this, and if, if you're willing to agree to these set of things here, we can, we can offer you this thing in return, you know, and that's something that people can look at and decide is the give worth the get, you know, and that's, 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 that's all it is. It's a very simple premise you know um but what we say is there's two things that people need to look for in a candidate you want to you want to understand their brilliance and you want to understand their resilience you know so typically we just focus on the brilliance you know can you do x y and z um for the role from a competency perspective and sometimes their brilliance might include they're great at public speaking. They're great at coming up with ideas. They're great at networking and collaborating and they make people feel great. But actually, when you look at the harsh realities and the adversities in every employee experience and every working environment has adversities and harsh realities, what's the, the, the resilient qualities needed in every um, employee in order to cope with the day, to get through the, the highs and the lows and to contribute consistently in a meaningful way 
um, under the conditions that are that is your employee experience. So it's not just the brilliance, it's also the resilience. And if you have those ingredients, then you can put a proposition together which formulates a great give and get. Um, not only is that the most authentic, transparent approach, but what we find is it's more than just being transparent with the negative bits, you know, the, you know, the, the bits that you know, are less desirable. It's bringing value and worth to the achievements that you have inside an organization from an acknowledgement and appreciation perspective. And, you know, Austin, you know, when you ask employees to say, hey, can you write a testimonial? Can we film you? And like, can you tell us how good the organization is? The uptake for that, in my experience, is usually quite low because, um, you know, because they're like, you know, people feel uncomfortable in their own skin because they feel they're being forced to put on that happy, smiley face and say, it's great here. Come and join an amazing team. It's, it never rains where we work and it's every day is happy. And, you know, and nobody likes to do that because they feel like, uh, you know, it doesn't feel authentic. But when you say, um, what, what qualities do you admire in your teammates? When the chips are down, what can you count on? What, you know, and they say, well, do you know what? It's, it's quite turbulent here. You know, so you need to be quite resilient and you need to be able to deal with hectic things that drop on your desk and you have to be able to turn them around quickly. Or for such a big organization, there's no structure. So you kind of have to fend for yourself. But if you can, um, it gives you more autonomy. You can be creative. It breeds trust because everybody is in the same boat. And you know what? Like I've never felt closer to my team than anywhere else because of because of those those challenges. Now, not only does that feel more genuine and authentic, it gives somebody a much better insight as to whether they want to be in your boat or not. And you're also using the traditional conventional perceived negatives as a huge positive you know um so it's a big lever to bring value uh, passion and pride to your employee experience so it, it bonds everything together from a galvanizing internally um to a polarizing externally with one message and that's usually the litmus test Alison. Like, can one message galvanize your internal team whilst polarizing your external team uh, external audience um, and that's the brilliance that you help people create, correct? That's, yeah, that's what we do. And um, we love it. Absolutely. We love it. You know? um, one, of the, um, one of the challenges that I see in the differentiation, right? Like bringing your, your value proposition um, in a written word, because I think mm-hmm. you catch it on video and get employees to do that and share that message. That's great. But you can't put that on a job ad. Mm-hmm. Um, so could you just talk through the semantics of perfect job posting? How much is resilience spoken? How much is brilliant spoken? And how much, and where does EVP go? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good, really good question. So from a, a, a job posting perspective, typically um, we start with, with empathy that might um, empathetically connect with the vision of the organization and a key motivator of the persona. Okay. Um, you know, so we want to grab attention 
using an emotive language. So sometimes it might be a question, you know, and it might be around, if it's a very purposeful organization, it might be around, you know, contributing to a very significant purpose in, in the world and the difference it can make. Um, and then you know, the, the, the next layer there is um, we want to create um, significant interest and pull people in. So then we might reference um, the difference, the team, specific team that you would be joining. You know, so we've gone company and individual, then we go team and individual. So, so then we're touching on the tangible difference that you, then you can make. You know, and, and that walks somebody through, okay, high level, the vision of the organization, you get a feel for that. Then we talk about the team and give an insight into what it might feel like to, to exist inside my immediate uh, surroundings of like, people. And then we'll talk about cap capabilities uh, and competencies of, of the specific role. Um, but the give and get, we use a, a, a simple story formula um, and but therefore and it's a it's a simple formula to use and easy to remember and if you think about um, if you think about writing a typical day and talking about what you need to thrive and the opportunities you can say it's great because of this and this and that and this and that so they're all your ands at the start and then you put in a but but you have to be aware or capable and able to cope with this and that and this. And in order to take, in order to, to accomplish that, it takes this, this, and this. So you've now, um, you've balanced out the ands, you know, with what it takes to, to, and then therefore, so the third act to the structure, therefore, so here's all the benefits, but you need to be willing to put in all of this stuff and deal and cope with these things. Therefore, this is what you can expect as an outcome. And it's a very simple story structure that you can walk somebody through um, to keep them engaged, to present a very balanced view of the employee experience um, and use your uh, employer brand pillars in a very tangible, specific way to articulate what it's like in, to be sat in the seat that you're, you're actually advertising. Um, and then typically the call to action is linking, um, going right back to the start, sort of square in the circle with the headline, um, you know, and so if, if you want to do that thing that we said right at the top, you know, let's, you know, we're waiting to hear from you kind of thing. And like you were talking about the employee stories, what, what we're seeing more and more now is personalizing those pages to have, um, employee stories of people in that team um, or something of significant relevance to that team or even that specific role, which is incredibly powerful as well. Uh, it absolutely is, especially if you're able to um, get the inbound talent interest coming to your website where you can control that message. But I'm, I find that um, most recruiting platforms really kind of try to control the message more for you and, and drive the traffic to them. And it's very confusing, you know, as to like how creative you can really get. Um, I super appreciate the structure and kind of outlining the, you know, the role, the, the team, the individual, the company, you know, structure. That's awesome. You brought up uh, personas. And um, also in your book, you cover the company actually creating their own persona. Mm -hmm. A 
coach a lot of people on creating the persona of who they want to fill that job. And that's always like the basis of the and and the and and the and component of what you were talking about in that structure. Um, so give me, um, give me just kind of a high level overview of what a company should be thinking about in creating a persona to attract the right potential customer. I mean, uh, employee. Yeah. Thank so that's you actually. <laughs> so that's a really good, uh, really good question. And there's two parts to this really. The first is, um, the sort of, um, the psychological behavioral aspects of the perfect um, example of a candidate that might apply for a role. So you need to understand their main motivators and, and drivers that are specific to, to that talent segment. Um, a type of language and uh, sentiment that's, that is relevant and familiar to them. Um, you know, what aspects of purpose, impact and belonging are gonna to appeal to them most. So. You know, it's understanding what dials to turn up and down based on the preferences and priorities of, of that talent audience. So that that's something that you need to find out. You know, and there's, there's, there's two sides to that. One, you can speak to existing, uh, existing teams and existing examples of that persona. Um, and then to the marketplace, because the people you have might not necessarily reflect the people that you want or need. Um, and then, of course, you can do from a, a technical persona building perspective you can do uh, keyword research to see what language people are typing in to find those roles and understand where they hang out on social media and um, you know what what blog sites they read and all of that stuff so you can build up um, a very three-dimensional um, technical a picture of who they are what motivates them and, and, and drives them what aspects of your employee experience is going to appeal most so you know where to uh, prioritize and and, and Add emphasis, and then making the tactical deployment of those job adverts and, and the, the communications messages, optimizing them then by um, by using SEO techniques and, and understanding where to post and, and where to sort of um, try and get people's attention. Um, but the the more specific that you can build up uh, in terms of a, a persona profile, the better the results that, that you get and. Um, if it's culture first and it's not just competency led, um, you know, then you can maintain the specificity of you know doing your homework and getting the rewards for that, while still being inclusive, and then still getting diverse candidates. Because of course, with the persona research, understanding where they hang out, you can make sure that it's not just posted in the typical places where the typical people apply, you know, and you know, that's definitely a big part of it as well. So making sure it's inclusive and then your um, the technique of taking that job to the marketplace is, is where you'll get the diverse candidates as well. Yeah. Um, I, um, I appreciate your, um, your insights on just not relying on your standard um, posting, you know, platforms mm -hmm. is um, in your experience this past year, um, some of the more creative ways that people can think outside of the box and getting the message in front of the right people. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, you know, and there's, there's some questions that we've sort of run through. I don't know whether they'd, they'd be of any, any value to, to your audience in terms of to get sure. the insights that people are looking for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so... The reasons for joining and staying is, is always of interest when you're looking at um, persona segmentation. So why people have joined, you know, 
um, what aspects of purpose, impact, and belonging um, appeal to them. So why they joined, then why did why do they stay? You know, that is really good insight into not just the universal employee experience, but also their team and the impact they're making in their seat. Um, you know, when they stay, what excites them in their role? Um, why did they get out of bed every morning and look forward to their work? Um, you know, what's unique about the company from their specific uh, perspective? Uh, how do they define the culture? What do they love about what they do? What motivates them in their role? Um, you know, and, and then from an inclusion and belonging perspective, can they be themselves at work? Uh, how, how do they do that? Um, how is the company, in their opinion, doing on diversity and getting their perspective from that point of view? And the reason we ask those questions are, if, if diversity in an organization isn't great, a conviction to change or momentum in the right direction is the next best thing. And hearing that straight from the employee is super valuable. It can make a huge difference to um, to, uh, to to the outcomes, you know. Um, and of course, the search volume and analysis and media research and um, TA insights and online behavior all supplement those those big questions to tailor something you, uh, which is usually useful to the to the efforts of talent attraction and employee engagement as well, of course. Awesome. Thank you very much for providing kind of an in-depth kind of structure of what those questions are. Um, Brian, I so appreciate all of your sharing today. And I just want to make sure that um, we share with the listeners how it's best to either connect or follow you and where to get your book. Great. Well, you can get you can get employer branding on, on Amazon. Uh, just search employer branding books. I think it comes up first or second. Um, so, so, yeah, please get... Get, get the book there. Um, I always connect with people on LinkedIn. It's, uh, you know, if you type in Brian Adams number one or Brian Adams PH Creative, um, connect with me there and I'm, I'm quite active. So if, if you get in touch, I'll probably get back to you pretty soon. And I love talking about this stuff as well. So any questions, uh, feel free to, uh, to, to jump in and ask. Um, this is, this is, it's a, a labor of love, employer branding. It's uh, the most human aspect of marketing and communications out there. And uh, we're so fortunate to be able to do it every day. Yeah, that's fantastic, Brian. I can sense your passion and I super appreciate your time and sharing with us here today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. 